Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on trusting the Lord with all your heart. Let's pray today before we get started. Lord, I just thank you so much again for this wonderful, beautiful, um, expressive body that you have allowed me to partner with and to worship with and to live with. I thank you for the privilege we have to come together and encounter you together and worship you together and love one another and embrace one another. Lord, I just thank you. I never, ever, ever, ever want to take that for granted. It is such a gift and a blessing in my life. And so, God, I pray that in this next little bit of time, however long it is, do what only you can do. Take this man of... uh, unclean lips as Isaiah would say and use me to speak your words and what you would have to say and I pray you would do not only the half of me speaking what you would have me to say but do the other half of the miracle and let the people that hear what I say hear what you want them to hear and so do that wonderful beautiful miracle between us today where somehow um, you use earthen vessels to do supernatural things on this planet. And let us be a part of it as we embrace your word today. Let it change us and transform us. And therefore, change all those around us and transform all those around us. And let us transform families and let us transform cities. Let us transform states and let us transform nations. In Jesus' name, will you say so be it? Amen. 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 So I want to keep going today with the heart. And I just couldn't get away this week from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. And I love so much that declaration because it said, Today I trust you. You know, I looked at, uh, well, let's read the passage first. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible. Trust in the Lord with all, say all, All. your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You know, how many people have heard this passage before? I've heard it a million times in my life, but this week, it's like I could not even see the rest of Scripture. Like, to me, if there was only Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we could could just live Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it could embody everything that we possibly need to walk in in our entire life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he'll direct your path. What should you do tomorrow? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll make your path straight. What if things get hard next week? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Trust. Webster says, a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. A firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Have a firm belief in the reliability of the Lord with all your heart. Have a firm belief in the reliability of the Lord with all your heart. That's what Webster says, trust is. I was listening to the radio one day, and I've told you guys this before, and uh, they were saying, you know, it's so easy to say love. I think it was around Valentine's one year, and it's easy to say I love you, I love you, I love you, I love pizza, I love golf, I love football, I love this, I love that, I love that, and it's just so easy to say I love things. You know, Hallmark movies, everybody loves everybody, right? It's so easy to say, I love you, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, 
And uh, Jahan was sick this week, so I saw a lot of Hallmark. You know, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's what she likes to watch. And it's so easy to say that. Look at everybody beside you and say, I love you. Just look at people and say, I love you. I mean, I, I, I mean, even if, you know, come on, come on. Look at Marguerite and tell her. Tell her, tell her, I love you. He's, he's, he's holding firm. Yeah, there he goes. He did a little side mount there. You got by today, Charles. She's not sitting beside you, but I'd make you. Remember that joke you told me about the word you had to spell when you get to heaven? I heard somebody use that in a sermon the other day. I about died laughing again the second time. Y'all don't want to hear that joke. Don't worry about it. <sighs> this man and this woman were fighting, and uh, they were really going at it. They were always fighting, and um, the man died first, right? And he went to the lady died first. Now, she gets the upper hand. You're telling it different because you know your wife will hear about it. Huh? Okay. We'll say the woman died first. We'll fall on our sword. Okay, the woman died first. Okay. And she goes to heaven, and you know how we all, Simon Peter's at the gate and all this stuff, these stories we like to tell. And he's trying to let people in, and he says, she's like, man, I'll never get in. I was just cussing my husband, and I was doing all this stuff. And he said, hey, God is loving and merciful and gracious. All you got to do is spell one word, right? And, uh, and she said, well, what word? And he said, love. And you know, she's just like so excited and relieved. And she says, L-O-V-E. And he's like, come in, enter into the fullness of the kingdom. Come on in. And she's like, oh, my goodness. And Simon Peter says, hey, I need to, I got to go check with God on something. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Can you watch the gate for me? And uh, she said, sure, you know. And so in the meantime, her husband dies. I guess, you know, just crazy. So he comes in there, and uh, he goes, Oh, my goodness, how in the world did you get here? <laughs> and uh, she said, Man, all I had to do was spell one word, and that's all you have to do, too. And he's like, Oh, good, thank goodness. She, and he goes, Well, what is it? She said, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Charles told me that joke, by the way. <laughs> told me that joke, right? Yeah, that's the word he used, too, Czechoslovakia. But I can't say that word, so I changed it. Why you got to do that? It's my joke now. Oh, gotcha, yeah. man would never do that, would he? He would love his wife and say, baby, I'll spell it for you. I'll write it for you. Anyway. See, I knew I shouldn't have told that joke. I don't even know what I'm talking about now. I watched this thing. Uh, anybody seen that on Facebook this week? Diagramming someone with ADD, how they tell stories. All the sub points, you know. By the time you get there, it was like this thing. And then there's several points in there. He's like, what was I telling you, you know? Anyway, I know what I was telling you. So I was listening to the radio one time. And Love 89, they were talking about how easy it is to say love everything unless you're this couple that went to heaven and and Peter let them in, whatever. And so, um, but they said, tell somebody you trust them. That's totally different. It's a lot easier, a lot easier, a lot easier to say I love you than I trust you. You know, like I ate pizza in last night. I can say I love pizza, but trust me, I cannot say that I trust pizza at this point. You know what I'm saying? I don't trust pizza any longer. Do you trust pizza? You don't trust pizza either. We had a rough night last night from the pizza, I think. And so I don't trust pizza anymore. I love the Tennessee Vols. I don't trust them anymore. You know what I mean? I just can't look at them and say I trust you to handle business, right? Now, this would be, this would be a little bit more difficult. Look at the person beside you and say, I trust you. Now, y'all did it because it was... Because we were assigned to do it, but how hard is it to really mean that to some stranger you're sitting beside of? I trust you. So sometimes I think we go through times of worship. Hey, we're done. You had one sentence, guys. Come on. It's my time. So, <laughs> you know how long we and I are. Every time you do that, I'm adding time. Okay. You done? 
I really did forget where I was then. Oh, my gosh. What's that? You trust me? Oh, I trust you. Yeah, I trust you. No, sometimes I think we go through an hour of singing songs. And it's all the songs we love and different ones. Some of you may not like the songs and you like to sing other songs. But whatever your jam is, you can sing those songs with all this stuff. But if we just sat here and kind of like what we said last week, who does your heart say that he is? Does your heart say that you love him and you trust him? It's easy for our mouth to say those things sometimes. But does our heart really say that? Do we really trust him? With So we look what Webster said about trust. Now this is really interesting. This word all right here in Proverbs 3, 5. If you look this up in Hebrew, you know the, New Test, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So if you look up all in Hebrew, I did some amazing study this week. Guess what that means? All. It means all. It means all. And so trust in the Lord with all your heart. It really means all your heart. Now, see, I've read this before, and I've always thought of this all being kind of qualitative, like it kind of judges your effort. Does that make sense? I love you with all my heart. That kind of tells you how much you actually love, right? Don't we say that? And we're like, okay, so trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means trust Him a, a whole lot, right? Don't we usually say it like that? And I just read it different this week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. Every facet of your heart. Every place in your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so we look at our heart, and I want you to kind of take note of this sealed up, because I'm going to unseal it. But it's beautiful, and it's sealed. And, and I've, I've done this illustration before, but I want to do it uh, again today. But let's look at this. I don't know what's in here. I'm excited to find out. But Perfect. Look what makes up your heart. All these, all these facets... All these different areas of your life, all these things that you want to trust him with. And see, here's the deal, though. So, you want one? Take one. You want one? Anybody want one? Right here? Don't be shy now. Only touch one, guys. Come on. What are y'all doing? Nobody wants anybody to handle me. Oh, sorry. Chase me down, bro. Anybody else? All right. All right. We good? Okay. I can't throw them that far. They'll get chocolate on something. All right. Um, Some of them took more than they were supposed to. I saw over there. They grabbed in there and got more. But here's the deal. So I just want to touch on this for just a few minutes before we move on. We give away or people take or circumstances or situations seem to diminish our ability to have a whole heart. And so when people take that stuff from you and I come back and I say, hey, I want that back. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I want those back. They're gone. Everybody's gone. So there's times when they don't meet your expectations, and then you want that piece back, and then they don't give you that piece back. And then I'm, now I'm incomplete, and I'm unwhole, and I'm unable now to be full. I'm broken. And so now the only way that I can make sense of this place that's missing in me is to say, okay, that's the thing that Nicole took right right there. And so I write Nicole's name on it, 
and I say, I would feel whole and complete and feel good about myself if Nicole hadn't taken that piece. And so I have to constantly keep in my mind, Nicole has that piece. Nicole has that piece. Nicole has that piece. That person did that to me when I was a kid. They have that piece. They have that piece. They control whether or not I can ever be whole the rest of my life because they took that piece. This situation, this circumstance happened, and so now that piece is missing. So the only way that I can make sense of this in my life is to constantly make sure I know where that piece went and make sure I keep a ledger of who has that piece so that I always can know why I feel less than. And so we take, people take, people take, people take, people take, we give, we throw. Some people ain't even asking, and you're like, please take my heart. <laughs> and then they don't reciprocate our feelings, and we're like, what happened? You took my heart. Okay, look, you threw your heart at me. I never even wanted your heart, right? Nobody here ever did that? Okay. And then it's like, we just want to throw it. That way we can say, they took a piece of my heart. I, and so... We do it, and we do it, and we do it, and we do it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. So your own understanding of this incompleteness is your ledger. <coughs> so if you're going to... You don't want to eat these anymore. <coughs> so if you're going to trust the Lord with all your... That's how you keep people from taking it. <coughs> You still want one? No, Russ rose dirty. I know he'll eat the whole box. He don't care. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own ledger books. Is he able to do what he says he'll do in you? Even if Nicole took your part. Even if that thing didn't go the way that you thought it was going to go. In the way that you expected it to be yeah. and to happen. And it didn't go the way that you wanted it to go. Yeah. Look, you can't trust him with all your heart as long as you keep keeping record of another piece of your heart somewhere else. If you're going to trust him with all your heart, beautiful. We're, the ground began to shake. The stone was rolled away. I don't know the rest of it. But... Perfect love cannot be overcome. Death, where you know, where's your sting? The resurrected king has rendered you defeated. That other song we sing about the resurrection says that he sealed our promise, right, in that time. And so I've made reference before that when they put Jesus in the tomb, they sealed it with the law of man. They sealed it with the law of man. So it's almost like all these pieces that got taken away, it got solidified. Man tries to solidify it. That ledger you get, if you make it, it gets locked away somewhere, and it gets brought back to your mind all the time when you think you're free. But you made it, but then it's used against you in a court of law, right? And so the man sealed it, and so the man sealed him in that tomb. But when he came, broke the seal on the tomb, he sealed us in his spirit and so that's why I wanted to put this picture back up because they didn't have two of these so I couldn't buy two to keep showing you the one that's sealed again so we got to go back to that and so trusting God with all your heart is believing that no matter how diminished or deficient it may seem because of what he did it is always sealed brand new See, it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. And so if we believe that this is, and then, you know, people would say, oh, so you're saying we seal our heart up and we, we try to make, no. It's a, it's a belief that I could sit here and empty this every day. But it's perpetually sealed and whole. And I could empty it tomorrow and it's perpetually sealed and whole. That's what he sealed for us. <laughs> and no one can diminish that. So the only way that I can keep him 
from filling this spot is if I say, no, God, that's Nicole's spot. That's Nicole's spot. And so I'm going to need Nicole to feel that. And so I'm going to lean to my own understanding, and I'm going to put all, some of my trust in Nicole. And whether or not Nicole is going to come back and repent to me for taking my peace and put it back in there. And so I'm going to sit around and wait till one day they come to their senses and bring my, my peace back. I'm going to wait till the people that took stuff from me, the people that did me wrong, when they bring it back, then I can finally be whole. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Somebody took something from me, and I need God to bring it back to me. You know? Okay, I'll pray that you learn to let it go and trust God to seal you and make you whole. I don't know what else to pray. I, uh, this has become a little sidetrack that's probably going to be where we stay, huh? I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, and there's somebody who, to me, to my understanding and from my outward view, they are like textbook someone who should walk in the absolute fullness of the peace of God. They're kind, they're loving, every word they speak to me is encouraging, uh, they, they hug everyone they see, everyone that I know, that I'm in contact with, that knows them, says they're a beautiful picture of the love of God. Yet they're coming to me saying I'm struggling with depression, I'm struggling with all these just weighty things, I'm anxious. I'm angry, I'm losing my temper, I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I can't figure this out. What is happening? And so we began to talk, and we spent some time together, and there was a point in our conversation where there was some deeds that had been done wrong in years in the past that were just, just talked about in passing. And I said, oh, my goodness. I finally know where you've let the enemy come in and torment you. You open the door of unforgiveness. And so he's able to get into that peace. Because, see, what you do is that's not Nicole's peace. Whose assignment was that to kill, steal, and destroy you? So if I don't let him feel it, we let him take it. We don't let God feel it, we're letting him take it. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? But principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. So we, this is not your neighbor. This is not your enemy. This is the adversary of your soul who wants to take a piece of your heart and make you useless for the kingdom for the rest of your life. And we're still saying, man i got to quit using Nicole's name. Uh, I almost said Susie, and then I saw Susie back there. Why is Susie the go-to name people use in sermons? You ever heard that? Susie and Johnny, that's the go-to names. I'm sorry. I just, I just repent for all the sermons that have been preached about Susie in your lifetime that you've heard. I don't know why we do that. Oh, Susie, uh, Kevin always used Susie and Johnny, didn't he? Our pastor in Udawa. But whoever it is that took that, it wasn't them that took that. It, they weren't the assignment. They might have been a mindless participant in the assignment against you. So you're holding a mindless participant who doesn't even know what happened liable for your fulfillment and your future. How's that working for you? Instead of holding the one liable who's the one who formed you, made you, sealed you, completed you, made you and perfected you for every good work to fulfill and to complete and do all that he intended to do with the heart that he created in you. That would seem to be the one you would want to trust, right? It's like if, he, if you go to a guy who builds a motor and they build the motor and you've got a part that's messed up on your motor, and you don't go back to the guy who built the motor, you go to the guy who builds rocking chairs across town and ask him to fix that heart. 
fix that motor. How about we go to the one who's able to perfect all things that pertain to us and let him heal our heart. We're holding people liable for things. I, I, I heard, I was witness to another conversation this week in our millennial group. And someone was just battling some things and asked for prayer. And the group responded in prayer. And it was amazing. And in less than 24 hours, and I thought the whole time, I will pray. I'm not just going to say, I'm, let me send warm vibes your way. Right? Stuff gets on my nerves. Nobody did that in our group. I'm just saying. That's what people do. Sending warm thoughts your way. Don't. Pray that the God of heaven will invade my situation, right? And turn things around in my favor. Don't send me any warm thoughts, right? I don't need warm thoughts. I got blankets at my house. Send me a fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman to change my situation. But I just prayed just to myself. Not make this person feel better. God, reveal whatever place of brokenness that is allowing this torment to come in. Not because of my prayer. Everybody was praying, but I just saw the next day. It's like, man, God just brought such revelation to me of something from a long time ago that I've been holding on to. I don't remember all the language of it, but healing came to that. If you're play, living in a place of less than or deficiency or brokenness, that's not God's intention for you. That's not his plan for you. Some of us have been doing it for so long, you can literally look at me with a straight face right now and just completely gloss over what I'm saying. Like, yeah, those poor people. Those poor, poor, poor people. Those poor, 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 poor people. I just go home. I mean, all my feelings are normal. I mean, everybody battles that. That's just normal, you know. I mean, somebody's really broken, though, probably, because he's talked about this for two weeks in a row. But my stuff's just like normal, you know, stuff that you go through. And everybody battles through that and stays alone for days at a time and really struggles with their sanity. Everybody does that. Everybody's anxious and fearful and doesn't leave the house and doesn't interact with other people. and does all Everybody does that, right? I guess you get the sarcasm. Believe that he is able, reliable, I trust. Romans 8, 28, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God who are, who, and those who are called according to his purpose. What about that thing? Oh, my goodness, get out of the way. You keep being in my way. What about that thing? All things. All things. We can trust him with all our heart because he says all the things will work for our favor. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians 3, 20, now to him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all that we ask, think, according to the power that works within us. Matthew 19, 26, and looking to the, at them, Jesus said to them, with people, it's impossible, but with God... All things are possible. Do you trust him with all? Do you trust him with all? Or do you trust him with some? Do you trust him with all? Or do you trust him with some? What things are impossible? Luke 1, For no thing will be impossible with God. I love Genesis 18, 14. The question is the question in our, the song that we sing here. Jahan wrote, uh, Sons and Daughters. Is there anything to get difficult for the Lord? Genesis 18, 14. At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. You know what this was in response to? Sarah laughing at the promise to have a child. And the response was, excuse me? Is there anything too hard for God? What is that place, Sarah, that you're broken about? That you can look at me and just laugh off? Instead of believing and having hope, you just laugh it off to protect yourself. Yeah. Because you become calloused and hard 
to the potential of fulfillment. And so it's best just to make a mockery of the things of God at times. We just laugh. All things work together. Nothing is impossible. I love this. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So all things work together. Nothing is impossible. So what do we say to these things? I don't know. That's a question. It's a question. Isn't it amazing that God asks a question? What do we say to these things? That's within your creative ability to determine what you want to say to these things. What do you say to these things? Look at Mark 11, 23. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. So what do you say to these things? I don't know. Be creative. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? What do you want to happen to that place that's been broken for 30 years? What do you want to say? I remember when I was, I, I, I don't know when the last time I've told this story, hopefully not too recently, but I was on a quest, and that's just a spiritual encounter pretty much, five days, and they had all these things for us to do, and it happened to be on my birthday, and it was a fast day, and we were out. We went out in the woods by ourselves for the whole day. And we worked through this thing. And they asked us to do one thing that was really, really, really hard for me. And I, I'm a kind of a um, um, rule follower. So I was going through the manual. And then when I couldn't do something in the manual, it really bothered me. Because I want to do it exactly the way they tell me to do it. And I couldn't do this one thing. So I got angry because I couldn't do it. And I was so mad that I couldn't do it. And I was just wrestling in that tent. Someone who was far away from my tent said, I, when we got back that night, said, I literally heard you in that tent. You sounded like you were, there was somebody in there, like a wild animal got in there and you were wrestling it. You were screaming, you were yelling. You're crying. I was, I was wrestling with God. I was wrestling with him because they asked me to write a letter to myself from God. And at that point in my life, I could not, begin to try to imagine what was in the heart of God for me. That's unbelievable. Raised in church, raised in pastor's home, raised in this church, been in ministry at that point for 10 years at least, and I could not say. I didn't think that was really important to doing the things that you're supposed to do. A lot of y'all don't think it's important. A lot of people think all that's important is tell me what the things are we're supposed to do and I'll do them and I'll strive to do them and if I can't do them, I'll beat myself up. If I can do them, I'll pat myself on the back. Just what are the rules? This new game we're playing. Religion? Okay, let's do it. And then I'll teach some other people the rules and we'll try to get as many people as we can following the rules and then we'll have a party one day in the sweet by and by if we do good enough with the rules. I didn't think it mattered. I never even asked the question. What does he think about me? Except I knew he was mad when I didn't do the rules. I, I did know that, right? So that wasn't going to be a good letter that I had to write. And that's what I was mad about. Right, you want me to sit out here in this tent and just write a rebuking letter to myself from God for the last 30 years that I've not done everything he told me to do. So at some point in that day, I said, you know what? I'll show you, God. I'll just write whatever I wish you would say if you were perfect. <laughs> if you love me like I wish you would love me. If you love me like I think you should love me if you're this mushy stuff. I hated people that, I hated, I, I guess I hated people too. I started to say I hated when people, but I probably hated people that 
referred to God in endearing terms. I hated that. It was like cut me every time they did it because I didn't know him that way. And so I just, I had to tear them down. Like they, they're watering down this whole thing, trying to make God like he's their buddy, you know, and he's their loving daddy. You don't call him daddy. You call him Lord, capital. (laughs) You don't call him daddy. If they're calling him daddy, I guarantee you they're not following the rules as good as I am because they can't be as afraid of him as I am calling him daddy, you know. And probably one day they're going to be daddy and he's going to be like, bam, get out of here. Call me daddy. I'll show you daddy. I hated it. People did that. So I'm wrestling, man, how in the world, how in the world did I get here today? It's not where I was going. It's where we are. (laughs) Somebody will probably be glad, hopefully. So, I said, you know what? I'll just write. I I mean, I got to do this because, I mean, I skipped ahead in the book and did other things. Now now he's going to write me a letter about skipping places in the book and doing other parts of this thing. You know, I ruined my own quest. I'm here. I paid a lot of money to come to quest, and I skipped a chapter and did the other parts first. I can't even go on a quest right. So I just start, okay, you know what? I'll just write it like, have I told this story recently? Thank God. So like, you know what? I'll just write it. I'll just write it. Okay, okay, God, come on. Come on, let's do this. Write what I wish you'd say. Didn't realize how the time, how much I wanted my, what, what I wanted my dad to say impacted what I wanted my heavenly father to say, right? So I started writing. I think the first line's were, I remember the day you were born. It was most special moment. And he just wrote, I just wrote, you know, how I wish he saw every season of my life, even my seasons of failure. About halfway through that letter, it just hit me. I mean, it dumped on me like that wreck song I told you last week. If I get any more thoughts about how, how he thinks about me, I probably won't be able to breathe. I was, it was so heavy, good heavy good heavy you know that thing when you fall in love and it hits you and I just hit me everything that's in your heart for me to be to you I put there because that's who I am it changed my life forever first time of my life I signed that letter, Daddy. And he changed me. The moment changed me. It was on my birthday. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Only God would give you a treat like that on your birthday. Let you be born again. But I had to decide what I was going to do with my heart. Whether I was going to believe what he said about every broken piece. And I had to determine that what he said trumped every other reality. And that's all that mattered. Is who he said I was. And what he said I could be. Look at this. If you read on in Mark chapter 11, you can say whatever you want to. You can be creative. What do you want to see? What do you want to see happen? I believe that God puts these desires in your heart. I believe he puts that creativity in you. What do you want to see? What do you want your life to accomplish? Begin to believe it. Declare it. You know, we get so hung up sometimes. I'm chasing rabbits all day. Let's chase them all. 
We get so, man, I've heard this assault on decreeing and declaring things. Man, where do you get off decreeing and declaring things? That's the same people that say don't call him daddy, call him Lord, and don't decree and declare things. Call him Lord and beg him for stuff and hope that he'll just somehow one day feel sorry for you and give you a couple of measly things, crumbs from the table that you might want. He's my daddy. He told me to decree and declare things. He gave me authority. He put a ring on my hand, a robe on my back. He told me that the keys of the kingdom are mine and I have authority. So I'm going to decree and declare some things. Because see in verse 24, I don't know how we twist scripture to fit our agenda. Well, I do. How do we make everything fit our agenda? But verse 24, therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask... Okay? You can't decree and declare things. You can only beg, and then once you get them, you can be thankful for them. All things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. What? Receive that you have. So how do you pray in a way that believes it's already taken place, and that's the only way you can, it can take place. But yet, all of our posture of prayer is, please, 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 please. But it goes on, verse 25, whenever you stand praying, if you want to declare to a thing, here's what you got to do first. Forgive. Whenever you stand praying, you can say whatever you want to say. You can decree and declare. You have authority. You have power. All things are going to work together. He's serious about it. You have that authority. But here's the catch. If you're going to start declaring a thing, for this, first, I've got to break that tie from this to Nicole. Because this can't be his if it's hers. So if I'm going to be starting to declare all these things and no things are impossible, everything can line up. But when I'm going to start speaking to things and I'm going to start invoking the kingdom in things, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. See, you have to believe. Job got to that place in Job 42.2. I know that you can do all things and that Nicole, Susie, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. No one can do it. So I just release them from the debt. They have no power. They have no authority to take or to give, to fulfill or deny. It is yours and yours alone. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Look at Isaiah 46.10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. See, this sealed heart is his good pleasure in your life. He will fulfill, accomplish all his good pleasure. I got to land this thing. And we were going to take the rest of that verse. We're on the first two parts of it. We're going to take the rest of it. We'll pick that up next week. That's going to be fun. Let me end with this today. Just while we're chasing, this was a point I wanted to get to. I didn't want to close with it, but we'll do it right now, and I'll close in just a minute. What did I do with that? Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. 
and lean not to your own understanding. Just as powerful as unforgiveness is reserving a place of your heart and not allowing God to fill you. Matthew 6, 19, 21. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Trust in the Lord with all your way. Wait, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay, Lord, here's my heart. I trust you with my heart. Now, here's my money. Put it over here. Wait, no, I trust the Lord with my heart. But I put my money in everything else. Lord, come on. Okay, Lord, will you just come with us? That's what we try to do, right? Lord, I, how do I do this? I want to put my money everywhere else. I don't want to trust you with your money, but I really like the new songs they sing. I really like, like to be in your presence, and I love to worship, and I love some of the stuff you do, but I really am struggling with this money thing. So is there a way that maybe you could just, I don't know, come everywhere I put my money, and you bless it and be a part of it? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. How can you trust the Lord with all your heart if you can't trust him with your treasure? I would even go so much as to say, how can you trust him with any of your heart if you can't trust him with your treasure? It's these pieces. And that's hard. I just don't know this. I just don't know this. I just... Money, you know, this and that. Look, and, oh, shoot. And this ain't about money coming back to us. You know, God is creative. God is creative. In my life, to this point, every time God has asked me to sow significantly, I've not seen it like stock market come back multiplied over. But he has, over time, revealed to me different things in my life and said, do you remember that seed that you sowed? This is that harvest. This is it. And, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in the money side of it. Man, if I give this, will I get this? Will I get this? Will I get this? That's so boring. That was, that's so boring. Don't limit yourself to that. Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give 20. I want 100 back. That'd be great. I mean, that's awesome. But how lame. If you only get 100 back. <laughs> if you only trust him for an expected return instead of just investing in a kingdom that knows no end and say, God, just surprise me. Surprise me. Do something infinitely bigger than I could ask, think, or even imagine with that. Yeah. I've told the story. There was a time, and I'm, I'm going to try to see how quick I can go through it without bringing a lot of details, but there was a time somebody sold a significant amount of money into my wife and I, my family, and it was within three days of a prophetic word that lack would never be our problem and that I should not worry about my kids going to college if God needed to plant a tree in my backyard for each of my kids that grows bills on it. He can do it. Don't ever worry about money. And she said, this word will be confirmed within three days. I made $10,000 that year with six kids, five kids. Driving a school bus, mowing grass, planting a church. And... Someone handed us a significant amount of money, more money than I could have made in two years combined. 
and Jahan and I were excited. We were overwhelmed in the potential, the possibilities, what it could mean for us, the church, everything. And probably less than an hour after receiving that gift, we're driving home, and we both kind of came to the realization that this must be seed because it's not everything that we need, so it can't be harvest. And so, uh, long story short, the Lord just really instructed us to sow that for a much bigger harvest of fulfillment. And so, we sowed that. And he brought to my mind this week, I don't know where all those seeds have gone, but my children, we felt instructed for our children, since they were each going to have their own tree, each one of our kids was given the task of sowing $1,000. And my son was friends with Isaac Bean, the Bean's son. They had been in, I think, uh, kindergarten together, right? And uh, they had been friends and hanging out, and we had just come to love them. And they took a trip to um, France. We're going to France to see family and have vacation at the time, just an enjoyable trip. And they took their whole family. They flew through Mexico. I can't even go into the whole story, but it was a mess what happened in Mexico. They ended up staying in Mexico, having to pay double again to fly uh, back out of Mexico to where they were going. Just a drastic, just a devastating thing. Came home from that trip. They weren't some poor, pitiful thing. They were fine. They, were, they, were, they, were, they could make it. But my son wanted to sow that $1,000 into them from that trip that they had lost. And so I, I don't even remember all of them right now. I could sit down and think where all the ones, different ones did. Some of them are in other countries, which is exciting. We'll see fruit from there. But I was just thinking this week what a significant impact the beans have made and God's worked things out over these last few weeks and months and Jen's come on as part time we we needed somebody part time and she can she was looking for something well she wasn't looking for something she was part time so we asked her if she would do this part time and did it but I just uh, I just the Lord just showed me this week that that was significantly their family being here and the things they're walking in and carrying in this body and the friendship that they are is a is a harvest of that seed. So I wouldn't trade that for ten times that thousand dollars. So trust God with your treasure. Trust Him with your treasure. Trust Him with your whole heart. Jahan, will you come? Or somebody come? Prayer counselors, will you come? I gotta wrap up today. Would everybody stand up with us this morning? Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.